This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only two-time PWG Battle of Los Angeles champion, King Ricochet, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling, with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 181. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and from my front stoop, I'm able to see the place where Hans Gruber fell from the top of Nakatomi Plaza on that cold winter day in 1988, which is the Los Angeles way of saying, season's greetings, everybody. Yes. Welcome to Busted Wide Open. Welcome <laughs> to the show where, yes, we start with diehard references, but we end talking about professional wrestling, and we definitely have some stuff to talk about today. Raw just uh, happened last night, so we have to talk about that and they began the build for TLC. Oh wait, no, they totally no, they didn't. didn't. They, did they even mention TLC on that show at all? They, the uh, only mention that I can remember of it was they they uh, shouted out the song for TLC, which I don't even remember what it was. But we'd like to thank so and so artist for their song contribution for Acme song blah 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 yeah. for TLC, and I, that's it. That's all I heard. Nope. No matches made, but uh, we're apparently going home to TLC next week. So, all right, then, WWE, you do you. We got to talk about all of that. We have to talk about New Japan's Tag League, which is going to be wrapping up in the next week, and it's it's getting down to the wire over yes. there, Nick. Uh, plus, we have lots of news and notes. But first, let's do some housekeeping, and then we'll get into it. Yes, as always, guys, come over and hang out with us in Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open on Facebook. Like our page and send us a join request to get into the discussion group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. And the first thing you'll see at the top of the page is a link to our Discord community where you can get in for live chats for all shows all throughout the week, including dedicated channels for all pay-per-views all the time. The place for Discord is or the place for live chats is the Discord community. We try to keep those spoilers out of the Facebook group and thank you guys for doing really good at that recently. And thanks to a little hat tip to Sheriff McDonald for keeping things in order over in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. You can also find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, streaming live right here on YouTube every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's youtube.com slash busted wide open Make sure you subscribe and jingle the little notification bell so you get alerted anytime we go live or put up new videos, which we are trying to do more and more of these days. We are on the race to 1,000 subscribers. We got one month left, and maybe we'll do something kind of fun, cool at the turn of the year for everybody if we can 
get there. But make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Everything we do is all live all the time from this point forward, guys. Uh, and last but certainly not least, we cannot get on with this show without thanking our patrons. Thank you guys so much. Mm. You are the fuel that rocks this machine that is the Busted Wide Open podcast. And uh, thank you so much for giving your hard-earned dollars over every single month to get access to exclusive benefits like show notes for every episode, the ability to ask listener questions for our patron mailbag series that we've started right here on YouTube as well, where we take what used to be our listener questions and we've transitioned it into its whole dedicated series just so that we could spend yes. more time on those questions for you. If you guys would like oh, to get fine. in on some of that, patreon.com slash BWO. Uh, also, yeah. you know, for patrons, we actually are doing, right after this show today, Nick, we're going to be recording another bonus episode for the patrons. It's going to be a fun one. We're ranking our top five greatest heel and face turns ever. And it's actually based on a listener question that we had a couple of weeks ago. So if you're a patron, you'll be able to hear that. And if you're not, Sign up, and you too could hear that bonus episode. Yep. It's going to be a lot of fun. So patrons, make sure you hang around after the show tonight. Look for the notifications from Patreon because we will be live streaming it, but you have to enter it through Patreon. And if you're not signed up, you can still get in on that $10 tier and join us tonight mm. for the live stream of the November 2019 bonus episode as Sir Ian just rattled off for us. Ian, what were your overall thoughts this week uh, on, on the graps? What uh, th it seems so well, far that this you know coming off of Survivor Series, things have been kind of dead. Uh, you know, I liked some of the fallout that we saw last week, where there actually were some consequences to things that happened at Survivor Series. But and last week, I thought was was all right. It was fine. The, the Raw this week was was rough, man. I was having a, I had a tough time with Raw, but you know what? But instead of giving my opinions on it, let's actually go through the show, Nick. Yeah. Let's go talk about Monday Night Raw. So at the top of the show, yet again, out trots Seth, Seth Rollins to come out and apologize. Yes. And well, he, he was very mean last week. He, 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 was, he was a naughty boy. He called everybody names. He was a bad kid in the playground. But it comes you out to... You suck, and you suck, and <laughs> you suck. Mm. apologizes to first and foremost the WWE universe yes. and names off name drops everybody that he said sucked last week and then apologizes directly to Kevin Owens and begrudgingly we sat there for 5 minutes and waited on KO to actually finally come out and he <laughs> does <sighs> and then it just it kind of went all well, downhill so from there this is actually, I thought, where it got a little bit interesting because Kevin Owens comes out and says, you know what, I, you're, you're not giving, you're, you're saying all this stuff, but what's coming out of your mouth is bullshit. And he actually said it, which, We hey, said bullshit on hey, cable oh, TV at 8 o'clock at night. Oh, he's so naughty. He's got such a dirty mouth. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so he called out Seth and basically was like, look, I know you're full of it. Uh, and I know that you're working with AOP because last week, of course, AOP beat down Kevin Owens. Top of the show, actually, before all this, we actually saw AOP roll up and get out of their uh, their their gigantic suburban or whatever the heck they were driving. And it was uh, like the A team van. It, it was just without the red stripe. It was it was awesome because I love that. You know, Nick, what's one of your favorite tropes? Dick heels in suits. AOP has gone the dick heel and suit route. They come out. Charlie Caruso asks them, hey, what's up with beating down Kevin Owens last week? What are you planning on doing tonight? And they answer her respectively in Albanian and Punjabi. And when she says, um, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, I actually don't speak Albanian or Punjabi. Can you, can you translate for me? Um, I don't know which one's which, but Akam or Rezar 
says to her, well, Charlie, you look lovely tonight. And they just kind of sneer and walk off. <laughs> I, I thought that was awesome. That's how AOP should be presented. Yes. Is, you know, we don't have to speak to you. Oh, we can speak English, but screw you. We're not we going to. We choose not to. We choose not you, to. That's why. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's tweaking a little bit of the foreigner trope a, a little bit, but it's not so much that I'm like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not getting the 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 heebie-jeebies on. I'm not getting like the. I'm not getting the that squirrely feeling on it. It's it's more. Uh, it is more just good heel stuff, especially because they are quite good at cutting promos. Right. You know, relatively speaking, if they have to. So it was a it was a nice dick heel moment. Um, made him feel appropriately smarmy, intelligent, scary. Like it was how they should come off. So later on, when Kevin Owens is accusing Seth Rollins of working with AOP, and Seth's like, no, I'm not working. But my hand's like, ooh, that sounds like fun. And Kev- but Kevin Owens is too smart for this kind of nonsense. He's watched WWE since he was a kid. And he goes, no, 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 no. I know I, how this works. I know uh-huh. how this ends up. It ends up with you three beating me up. So how about all three of you come at me right now? And Seth yeah, let's goes, just get oh, it over with. Come on. Kevin, Kevin, I... I can't believe that you would insinuate the sort of thing would happen from from me, a, a locker room leader. And I'm just trying to be a nice guy here. I'm trying to be a good guy and make everyone get along. But if this is how it is, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave. And Seth Rollins leaves, walks up the ramp. He got his little feelings hurt. Kim and Razor <laughs> part ways for him so that he's he's allowed through. They stare down. I thought down that Kevin was an Owens. interesting moment. Uh, there's a there's a lot of nice little nuances here. The Kim and Razor stare stare down Kevin Owens and then leave. Audience is not happy, and Kevin Owens, being a good baby face that he is now, says, well, I came here for a fight, so let's have a fight. Someone come out and face me. Well, five minutes later, after waiting for somebody to come out, who should come out but Lana? Yeah. Uh, and then this is when things started to go sideways. So Lana comes out. Kevin Owens expresses how we all feel, where he says, oh, my God, I don't care what you have to say. I'm vomiting in my mouth right now. They're screaming at each other, talking over each other, uh, having a, a whole little bit. And finally, Lana says, oh, yeah, we'll fight my boyfriend, the only man I've ever been with, whatever that means. I, 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 know, I think I know what she was going for, the only real man I've ever been with, but whatever. Out comes Lashley. Lashley and Kevin Owens have a match. But, so I, I don't know if you if, if all have been able to tell yet, if you didn't watch Raw, all of this flows together fairly seamlessly as opposed to segment, segment, segment. They actually were able to get this all to flow. And they did that a couple times in the show where some of the major stuff in the show flowed together from different, you know, all the different pieces in the, in the different feuds and whatever. Uh, it made some of it a little bit confusing with the other stuff. But anyway, here it seemed to work because all of a sudden we're having a Lashley-Kevin Owens match after everything else has been going on. Right. And then, of course, in the middle of that, who should come out but Rusev? kick the head off of Bobby Lashley and run away. Well, Lana had said she had a restraining order in the state of Tennessee, and there was two very unintimidating cops standing at ringside to enforce this. They basically just kind of like half walked up the ring steps and were like, well, I guess there's a guy in there violating this thing that we're here to protect, but I guess we just won't do anything about it. We'll just stand here and watch him kick the head off this guy that we're supposed to be protecting and let him run back off through the crowd with the crowd cheering wildly. Well, being uh, that they were detectives, you could say that they were dicks in suits. <sighs> Nick, have you had your coffee today? Yes, too much of it. Uh, apparently. Uh, so the, at the end of this was, I think, probably the most egregious part of this whole angle, which was Bobby Lashley being, you know, as you would be, furious that these two guys didn't do their job. He's like, you're supposed to be protecting us. What's up? 
with that and these two guys kind of looking scurrilously at him and Lana and saying, well, we do things a little bit different here in Tennessee, which, which (laughs) I don't know, Nick, like when I see two police officers staring down Bobby Lashley in Tennessee, I I don't know, maybe feel a little weird. I don't know. Maybe it's my my sensitive California ways, but that made me kind of go, oh, got the weird feels on that one. Uh, That and the fact that, you know, here's Lashley standing next to Lana and uh, I'm not saying that Tennessee uh, has some weird racial stuff going on there. I'm just saying that there were only two states that had anti-miscegenation laws on the books longer than them, and that was Alabama and Mississippi. And uh, they actually, uh, a, a white woman and a black man being together was illegal all the way to 1978 in Tennessee. I'm not saying that. I'm just, well, actually, I am saying that. I'm just, yeah, I'm saying that. I'm saying this was an awkward thing right here. And I'm sorry, given the way things are in the U.S. right now, having two cops staring down Bobby Lashley and saying, we do things a little different here in Tennessee, made me kind of like, oh, yeah. And then, of course, Bobby Lashley shoulder checks one of them out of the way to move past him, and he gets arrested, which I suppose you should be lucky he didn't get shot. But, uh, you know, then Lana slaps the other cop. She gets arrested, and they both get taken off in handcuffs, screaming, Lana screaming that they're going to sue him. So what did you think about this whole sequence here, Nick? It's complete and utter dog shit. So Rusev can kick the head off of Bobby Lashley and run away free as a bird, but Lashley demands that the cops do their job, shoulder checks one of them, and gets arrested. It's because they do things differently. The, the in whole thing, the whole look. I'm not going to pick it apart because the whole thing is just complete and utter dog shit. Uh, it's I, I am Kevin Owens on my knees begging, like no one cares. We don't care. Uh, like uh, even Esther last night screamed because she was kind of watching it loosely in the background, and she is there going to be any wrestling on this wrestling show tonight, or are they all just going to sit around and scream at each other? Right, and and that's kind of my sentiment. Lana was particularly screamy. She was particularly <sighs> shrill on this show. Yeah. Um. No, so there was a, I, there was I, a lot. I have, there's nothing that right. I think is positive about this segment. Let's okay. Obviously, you and I both are on the same page with the Lashley thing. Enough said about that. That was yep. just like not well thought out, or it was thought out with the wrong headspace. Like that was just dumb. Like that was the wrong thing to do. <laughs> just on seven, 17 different ways, right? Of how they handled that just was, uh, you know. And it uh, if you're if they were play, if they were intentionally playing to the crowd with that shit, then that's really egregious. But I'm going to assume it was just stupidity. Yeah. Uh, but the Seth Rollins stuff um, is intriguing because we feel like he's going heel, but it seems to be where he's backing into a heel turn where it's like he still thinks he's in the right with everything. Um, is that interesting? Is like is that an interesting tack to take with him? Given that, that little bit is yeah, like you know having him sort of backing into this role where we assume he's going to end up with AOP and being a, a, a you know dick heel Seth Rollins again. Um, is there another way they could have done that? Or is this is this fine? Like, should we let this play out? It'll be interesting. It Eventually. caught me off guard when he came out to apologize this week. I'll say that. Because after last week, after tearing, tearing everybody down, we sucked. Okay, that's a commitment. 
Mm. Let's move forward with that. But it feels like it was two steps forward, one step back. But doesn't it make him, it it undercuts him, it makes him less... uh, Indecisive and, you know, all of that stuff. Well, no, I I don't believe him. But that's that's kind of the point, isn't it? Is you're supposed to like him less because he's now wishy-washy. He's not standing up for his convictions. And so you're like, oh, shut up. You don't really mean that the apology. That's the, that's what they're going for here is that just that he gets under your skin a little bit. So yeah. I think that's what they're going for. I actually think that that could go somewhere interesting. I'm not mad at that. No. I, I'm used to WWE opening with long talking segments with no wrestling. That's just kind of a lot of times what they do is half an hour of talking before we even get a wrestling match. So that's, that's even not like a problem as long as you're setting stuff up. It didn't feel like they were setting. They felt like they were setting stuff up for later. But the thing to, to point out is, is that Kevin Owens did get attacked by AOP in that Lashley match. That Lashley match didn't have an ending. Kevin Owens was attacked and dragged off by AOP again. So we're we're underscoring AOP is out for Kevin Owens. We don't know why. Seth Rollins may or may not have some sort of association with AOP. They're moving aside for him, but he's saying that no, I have nothing to do with them. That's all I think grist for the mill that's going to pay off eventually. And I don't mind that they're starting the show with that stuff. Again, it's just once it turns into Lana Lashley Rusev, I don't care. And it popped yep. the crowd. Like, obviously, it's, tough, it's getting over. It's still doing views on YouTube. So they're going to continue doing it. But, every, but everybody hates this angle. Even people that are allowed to shoot on, like, backstage, everyone hates this angle. So why are they doing it, Nick? Why are they doing this know. angle? Like does I, it, does it, the crowd reaction on the YouTube is that is, is that the reason? Is it is it teenage prepubescent boys that are excited that Lana forgot half of her clothes? Is it? I mean, the, that was a hell of a controversy. Is it the controversy that uh, of like what you were outlining, where in Tennessee and the interracial couple thing? I, I don't I don't know why it's getting the hits, but I I, I, I don't. It's terrible. It's it's not even entertaining smut. Like we can go back and we can look at some of the stuff from the Attitude Era, and we can look at Edge and Lita, and we can look at Macho Man and Elizabeth. It was more classy. There's all kinds of examples of these kinds of things. This is awful. This is absolutely awful. The performances are terrible. It's just completely different. And it's there's been a couple of moments where I, I've said like, okay, this was a bright spot this week. Like there's stuff here that you could pull it out with. Uh, they're just not doing that. They're going for the dumbest, lowest common denominator aspects of the storyline, um, yeah. and I and they're they're turning the ship into aspects of the storyline that just, that don't help anything. Like, okay, even if you had, let's say that you have this aspect of it where Rusev has a restraining order against him and he's violating it to attack Lashley because screw that guy. Right there, you've got something you can make a wrestling feud around. Okay, that is something that you can build a wrestling feud around. But how they're going about booking that that concept is dumb, and that's more the issue. Is that Here's it's not thing. what it's not what they're doing; it's how they're doing it. I want to quit talking about Lashley and Lana for a second. Let's turn the page towards Rusev. Okay, where's Rusev in all of? We're, we've talked ad nauseum about what the hell's going on with Lashley and Lana. I'm I'm mostly intrigued, if if at all, by where this is going for Rusev because. I think that if this once we get past the Lana and Lashley thing, whatever this is, I, I hope that there's a future for Rusev. I was hope it just that this me? pays off for him. Or did he look a little bit like Wildman Mark Miro when he ran out this week? Was that just me? Am I going crazy? 
No, he was just kind of just batty and doing that kind of stuff, and that was just that's just weird, man. Okay. I want the Bulgarian brute. I want the guy that'll just kick your face off and then snap man. your back in half. You know? Hashtag my wrestling. That's what I want. I want it. I mean, that's that's yeah. That's how we got over. That's if this were NXT, that's what we would get because everyone's a little bit more serious there, and they take them a little bit more seriously there. But that's the NXT product. This is the main roster product, and everyone up here has to be wacky and you know either either I'm wacky crazy Rusev with my crazy shoes and my crazy T-shirts, or I'm Ricochet and I'm a real life superhero. They really exist. Click clink. Uh, speaking of which, let's move over. Let's talk about the things that are going on with him. Oh, thank God. Okay. Um, oh, it ain't going to get much better. We started off with Drew McIntyre having a squash match, more or less, on Akira Tozawa. Another uh, farewell match for, for Tozawa, as I suspect he's heading out the door. Uh, McIntyre let him look good for a little bit before kicking the crap out of him. And then calling out Randy Orton, saying, you know what, Randy? I, I couldn't even wrap my head around why Drew had a problem with him. Basically just, you know, Randy, you're kind of a dick and I don't like you was his thing, and then Randy's response was, yes, I am a dick. If we have a problem, it's because you have a problem. That was pretty much five minutes, ten minutes of TV, was them saying, I don't have a problem, you have a problem. No, you have a problem. No, you, no, you. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. I know you are, but what am I? And then right as it looks like they're about to really get into it, out come the OC, and AJ really does have a problem with Randy Orton because Randy Orton cost him the U.S. title last week. That's a legitimate problem. I feel you on that one, AJ. He's so angry he can't speak. Poor AJ Styles. Other than saying, Randy Orton. That's funny stuff. Um, AJ's performance on this whole show just was hilarious. Um, I do love me some 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 heel AJ. It's great. But uh, uh. all right. So they come out, interrupt. McIntyre says, this looks like it's between you guys. I'm out. He bones out. We got uh, OC facing out the Randy Orton. They start beating him up. Ricochet, who recently has become buddy-buddy with Randy, runs out for the save. He gets beaten up. Humberto Carrillo comes out for the save. He gets beaten up. Rey Mysterio comes out for the save, and finally the numbers are equal, so the OC gets chased off. And Randy, by way of thanks, tells the boys backstage, I didn't need your help. But we end up with a three-on-three match later in the show between Humberto Carrillo, Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, and the OC, which... Ends with Ricochet taking an avalanche uh, styles clash and getting pinned one, two, three. Okay. We're one and a half weeks away from TLC. What the hell is going on here? Um, Do we have a match yet? I don't know. I that li- pay-per-view? On one hand, I like the fact there's all kinds of little things going on and there's little relationships and nuances between all of these different guys in the upper mid card that's going on here. That's fun. Cool. Um, it was a little bit uh, obnoxious when all three of the face boys, Ricochet and Ray and Umberto, were all backstage telling each other how great they were. That was a little obnoxious. But at the end of the day, we had a fun three on three match at the end of the show. What the does, does no one care about Ray Mysterio's U.S. title anymore? Nope. I, mean, I, I mean, like AJ's more mad that he lost it than that Ray has it. And we're and we're well, that yes, and we're more tuned in on AJ and him emoting uh, over having lost it than we are the fact that Rey Mysterio is the U.S. champion. I mean, are we looking forward to like an AJ Rey rematch and then Ricochet and Humberto Carrillo against the OC? Where does Drew McIntyre fit into this? Where does Randy Orton fit into this? Are we going to look terrified that it's inevitable that Ricochet and Humberto Carrillo are ending up a tag team? But I'm terrified of that. That's that's uh, death, death. Poor poor Ricochet. There's been rumors that Vince has grown weary of Humberto Carrillo, like, you know, basically another new toy 
kind of like I feel like how he's feeling about Ricochet, where it's a new toy he's starting to get bored of. Um, I, I, are we looking at a fatal four-way? Ray, AJ, Randy, and Drew for the U.S. title? Like next week, Not, I, next week I, they, I all, they all face off and one of them hits with each other with a chair and it's a chairs match? That's how we get into it? I, I don't know. I, it's, I th- it's anybody's call at this point, honestly, because should they have who knows where up? this is going to go? Yes, they should have set something up. <laughs> Abs- they should have had some kind of quali- – maybe make it a fatal four-way for a qualifier to for the contendership, you know? Give AJ a shot at getting his – uh, rematch, getting his title back, but he doesn't get it, and then it just continues because it's Randy RKO's him and beats him or something. I don't know, but have somebody go get that title off of Ray because I feel like it's dying uh, over there. I, you know, at least AJ it matched their colors, and it, you know he was putting <laughs> it had some kind of shine on it. At least it being was that pretty. it's on AJ Styles, yeah, it was pretty but on AJ. Ray doesn't that, even wear it, it out. What when was the last time you heard anything of significance about the United States Championship or the Intercontinental Championship? And that that right there just frustrates me altogether. So yeah. I would like to see them come back into some kind of prominence and bring. It, it feels like it's the top or Especially the bottom. It's There's the only, no mid card anymore. It's the only singles title for the men on Raw right now. Yeah, <laughs> Brock's so, gone to Royal Rumble. Like we're not getting, you know. But God forbid that we give Ray the actual. Remember when we were booking that, and I I said give Ray the the real championship. You can have these guys over here fighting for the U.S. championship. And you can have Ray with the WWE Championship. That would give you two belts in this whole cluster F right here. You'd have two belts. You'd have McIntyre and Randy and Ray. Well, no, Ray wouldn't be involved in it at this point. No, but I'm saying so, Ray would have the WWE Championship, and he could have a feud with with Randy and, and McIntyre and get in the middle of there, and you could have AJ and Ricochet or whatever you wanted to do, however you wanted to mix yeah. and match all these pieces right here. But, you know, let's keep it on Brock because it's Brock. And yep. Apparently, he's got some sort of pictures of Vince McMahon doing scurrilous things, and that's how he gets all this kind of booking and money from him. Uh, him and Kevin Dunn, man, they've, they've got the blackmail material on Vince, I swear to God. Uh, yeah. So we yeah. have no idea how this is coming together for TLC yet, nor do we know what's happening with the women's division. Charlotte apparently challenged both of the Kabuki Warriors at once because that makes all the sense in the world, and they call that out a few times on the show that it makes absolutely no sense for her to do this, but they did it anyway. And she, of course, because tag teams are weak, uh, made them look like fools for most of this match. Although it was a very, it was a very well-worked match. I'll give credit where credit's due. You have three of the most talented women wrestlers in the company working a very, very strong match. Um, and the only beef I have about it, Nick, and, and I'm sure you feel the same way, is that one woman basically kept coming back and being unable to be beaten against two women who are a tag team. Yeah, she um, just no-sold it. Uh, everything they threw at her. They know sold it. And I, I have to one honorable mention here. I want to give a shout out to I've come around on Kyrie Sane. I was really down on her hey, as face pirate princess, all that crap, right? Mm. Seeing her as well just going back to Hojo again. I was gonna say that the grins and a little bit of little bit of psycho in there and just yes, I like this. And getting to see those the crazy elbow on the bridged figure eight was mwah, magnificent. Yeah, that's Charlotte, the kind Charlotte of stuff I like. Putting the figure eight on uh, on Oscar, not realizing that Kyrie had tagged in, and she gives the insane elbow on the bridge for the finish of the match. That was good. There was a lot of good stuff in this match to like. And yes, Nick, you have been saying all along you want your Joshi, you know, Kyrie, Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Hojo. Or, Hojo, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not Kyrie Sane, and uh, and you got it. Now she's evil Kyrie, you know. Yes. So she's she's doing a lot more of those fun. 
uh, Joshi tropes that she used to do, and Asuka too, a demon Asuka. Also, we finally got music, and their music's good. It's good. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. No. So I'm. I'm so. Oh my god. Their entrance is so much better now that they have good music. Oh my god, it's so much better. So much better. Um, so okay, does this is this going towards Charlotte and Becky versus the Kabuki Warriors at TLC? Is I that mean, where we're heading? Probably. Because Charlotte can't beat them on her own. So what's she gonna do? She's gonna, you know, hey Beck. Cross, hey, I know we're not friends. Yeah. But I really want to get mine back. I gotta get my win back. So I really need that checkbox on my resume that says women's tag champions. And these these these. Two chicks are just screaming at me in Japanese, and it's just mean. It's just Which, mean. I, what that, did I say? What have I said for the longest time? Just have Asuka screaming at me in Japanese, and it feels like I'm getting so much of it now, and it fills me with joy. Did it feel a little too much like a caricature? Because it, it, it reminded me a little no. bit of like Mr. Fuji back in the day. like throw, and then uh. Jerry, Or was it just Jerry Lawler's interpretation of it on commentary? Because he was pretty insufferable tonight, where he was oh, like, just, all just I understood don't get me was we're going to win. I couldn't understand. Don't get me started thing. on King. I have I'm so much gonna. to say about Lawler at this point, and I, I, we don't have we don't have time for that show tonight. Well, you know but what? I, yeah, I am universally right si- I'm Alice- universally hearing uh, a double thumbs down on the King coming back. Alistair Black and Tony Nese had a match. Alistair kills Tony Nese, and at the end, he gives him the Black Magic, according to Jerry Lawler, uh, which was quickly corrected. Uh, by by Vic Joseph, say Black Mass to kill him, and then we had a really awkward promo backstage with Buddy Murphy saying, "I'm going to make you be less serious," or whatever it was he was saying it was terrible. They're apparently still having a feud where they have to speak very slowly. But again, King screws up the finisher. Now we we give a lot of passes to to uh, Jim Ross on AEW where he can't remember people's names and everything, and we've been commenting on that. But should we be as forgiving of King here or? What's what's getting you nuts about King on the show? I think I've been pretty harsh. I think you even called out my hot take last week about saying what I said about JR. Maybe it was even Saturday, our last show uh, this this weekend, where I was just saying I'm I'm I look, I'm an Attitude Era kid, right through and through, and I grew up with JR and Jerry the King Lawler, and they're my favorites of all time. But it's time to move on. There's new talent. There's new blood. There's uh, Excalibur. I, I even I'll throw a shout out to Vic Joseph. I think he's doing the best that he can. Um, but if you look at <laughs> that's like you know, that's like the that's like Samoa the, Joe is so refreshing on commentary oh to hear his color. God. It's so good. I was so excited he's to see so... him back. But even he can't overpower the screams and f ups some... of Jerry the King Lawler at this man. Point. Him screaming. Uh, the, where, where, where AOP was beating up Kevin Owens and he was saying, this is what you get for not planning ahead. And all the stuff that he was saying there, my God, like just so eloquent but so fast-paced. That was some sweet Samoan butter that guy was putting out. He yeah. was murdering the game. He was talking circles around Vic and, and King and their announcers, their commentary. That's their job. Uh, you're right. Like Joe is making them look bad. So I, I we we had uh, we'll talk about it more later. But we had Starcade Saturday night, and oh. we had Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton, and it was a stark reminder of what we're missing. Yeah, Tom Phillips is so good. 
He's gone through enough of the Michael Cole school of commentary. He's little Michael to, Cole. Let's call it a spade. A, spade. a little bit. Vic Joseph is more little Michael Cole than than Tom Phillips, to be fair. But Tom Phillips has really come into his own, and I for, had didn't realize how much I missed Byron Saxton. I, I did. I do. Compared to what we've got did now. You ever, did you ever think you'd, you'd hear yourself say that? No, no. And I don't think it was until ah. – because he's really grown up, especially when it was him and Corey on opposite ends of the desk, that that really grew on us. I think all of us, universally, that really grew on us. Yeah. And now that we've stripped that away, it some, feels like something's missing. And I can't get on board with the new teams yet. Even Cole and Graves feels like something's missing on Friday Night SmackDown. So there, there's a listen, we can do a whole thing where Nick tears down all of the commentary shit that's going on right now, but watch AEW Dark tonight <laughs> and, the, and the pairing of, of Excalibur with Taz. It's, it's not magnificent. Taz, it's Nyla Rose tonight. Oh! Sorry, Nick. Anyway, the point is, is yeah, I, I, I'm not Son liking... Son of a bitch! I'm not liking what King's bringing to the table right now. No. Uh, I, no. I'd, even, I'd even take Booker T over him right now, and Booker's pretty crazy. Uh, at least Booker's fun. You know, King is not. I would need my decoder him. ring to understand what he was saying. He, That's Oscar what makes might as great. well be yelling in Japanese on commentary. That's what makes Booker great. <laughs> <laughs> what? Don't you dare come at Shucky Ducky. I love Shucky Ducky. Quack, quack. <laughs> come on, man. All right. So, a few more things on Raw here. We had uh, Andrade Cien Almas have a nice match with Eric Young. Nice to see Eric on TV. Uh, looked pretty good, too. Nice elbow drop from the top. Some good stuff here. But Andrade does pick up the win, kind of circling the airport till they give him something to do because, good God, there's a huge cluster around the U.S. title right now. That's all they're doing with the upper mid card. So yep. hopefully at some point, he and Ray can just go have a feud again. More Andrade and Ray, please. Uh, Viking <sighs> Raiders, back to their jobber squash and ways. They've had 13 squash matches on TV since June, since July. Did you actually go count all those? <laughs> um, it's a stat I saw, and I'm trying to remember since it was since when it was. I think it was since July. That's a pretty good amount of them. Um, good God. They did it again, beat Mark Sterling and Mitchell Lyons, because, you know, what tag division? Who cares? Right, right. Uh, Eric Rowan had a match against No Way Jose. Beat you mean all the tag teams we saw at the beginning of Survivor Series on the pre-show, right? All of the ones that they got beaten by two singles wrestlers? Yes, by, those ones. By that's correct. Rudolph. Yeah. Yes. Yes, those. That's where they're, where they're in hiding. They're hiding their faces from getting beaten by two singles wrestlers who are posing as a tag team. Uh, Eric Rowan beat Noe Jose with the Iron Claw slam thing. He still has his cage. No, we did not see what was in the cage, which at this point is really the only interesting thing about Eric Rowan is what's in the cage can we just see what's in the damn cage? No? Okay. Then I don't care. Um, remember a couple of weeks ago when he was feuding with Roman Reigns at the top of the card because he apparently tried to kill Roman Reigns or something? I don't know. Now, the only other interesting thing about him, Nick, is Eric Rowe's shirt watch. No, so Rowe's shirt, shirt watch. Oh, shirt watch. Hammerfall this week. Uh, power metal. Old school. Like from yeah. 93. Uh, yeah. Oh, so, I was thinking late 80s. Okay. Um, yeah, not I, I know, I've heard some of their stuff, but I, I hadn't right. heard of them in a long time. Yeah, it's, good stuff. it's, it's fine. I'm not a big power metal guy. Just it's, uh, it's on that. It's, it's on that goofy tip, but they're fantastic musicians and it's like, it's good, yeah. badass, like fist pumping music. So not mad at it. Yeah, like dragon force. Uh, yeah. They're, they're like, they're, and shit like that. Yeah. Dragon force before dragon force with like way less pyrotechnic guitar stuff. Right. Uh, <laughs> 
We also had a uh, odd 24-7 segment where uh, R-Truth is trying to run away from all the people that were trying to get his belt. And he ran into Kyle Busch and Michael Waltrip. And if you don't watch NASCAR, then you have no idea who those people are. But we're in Tennessee. That's NASCAR country. And those are two. Hang on. Let, me, let, let North Carolina boy put a... It's a chaw put chaw in, a chaw put a chaw in and tell you about yes. uh, NASCAR down All here. Right. So Kyle Busch just won the NASCAR championship. The, whatever the next, te- they used to call it the next tail so what, Whatever the hell he they turned, call it now. Let me, let me let me get this straight, Nick. So that means he turned left more often and faster than everybody else. Is that what that means? He did. He, he's going to go fast and turn left sometimes. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. And then Michael Waltrip. Yeah. Is uh, is legendary NASCAR driver, and his daddy is Daryl Waltrip who is one of the lead commentators uh, for, for NASCAR. And they, they yell at stuff, and they say, boogity, boogity, boogie a lot. It's <laughs> more information than I ever thought I would have about NASCAR. Yeah. Boogity, 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 Michael Waltrip slowly, un- like slowly unzipped, like slowly sexily unzipped his jacket in front of R-Truth. And R-Truth's like, what are you doing, <laughs> dude? Why is, <laughs> why is this old fat guy unzipping his jacket slowly and sensually in front of me? But, of course, underneath he revealed that he's wearing a ref shirt. And then Kyle Busch rolled up R-Truth, and Kyle Busch is your new 24-7 champion because why not? Hey, marketing. All right. Um, he's still, as far as I know, he's still the champ, too. So maybe does he have a NASCAR event coming up? You know about NASCAR. Are we, no, they're are, over. We're, we're done until we Daytona. We're why done until Daytona in February. Well, then why that would we it. make him the champ if he's not going to take the belt out there? Like, if you can give Kyle Busch the belt, when he's about to go out of Daytona, he can whip that belt around while he's turning left a lot. Kyle Busch is an now. evil, cheating son of a bitch that wrecks, wrecks dudes on the track and doesn't deserve any kind of championship or title. There, I said it. My goodness. So he has you worked pretty hard there. That ain't work. He's a dick. If- <laughs> Ask any NASCAR fan. They know what I'm talking about. Hat so tip, you're saying he doesn't deserve the 24-7 championship. Uh, He'll turn. Well. He he wrecked dudes on his way to the NASCAR championship, so might as well do it. Because Stan, Stanzo in the chat just gave me an idea. Is his finishing move the F1? Oh, nice. Close <laughs> to the F5? No. Womp womp. Womp womp. All right, so 24-7 champion now working for NASCAR. All right, and then finally, that was it. That was it. Um, yeah, I guess at the, at the end, I just wanted to say, what's up with the lack of TLC build? Like, what? Dude, this is a three-hour show. This is the big show. Uh, what up, WWE? I mean, right now, I'm seeing Seth and Kevin Owens, um, if they can get that done in a week. Um, Ray defends his title against maybe Fatal 4-Way, uh, Drew, Randy, and AJ. Uh, Charlotte and Becky versus Kabuki Warriors. That's uh, I'm going to go Roman and Corbin probably. Yeah, oh, well, I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about SmackDown. I'm just talking about they might actually have some build. They might actually have some build on Friday. I'm saying from this I, show. I hope so. So, I so. don't know. It's You do you, WWE. You right. do you. Yeah. But, uh, Nick, that's not all we have to talk about today. Raw was, was one thing, but it's a whole different thing over in New Japan. It's coming down to the wire. I think we're entering the final round. Am I right in saying that, Surrey and Dangerous? Uh, we're down to the last three shows. We have three, three shows, shows left okay. in the New Japan the, the World final Tag week. League. The final week. 
Uh, most of the field has been mathematically eliminated. Like, most of them are done. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ishii and Yoshihashi are out. Suzuki and Archer are out. Kenta and Takahashi are out. Jeff Cobb and Mikey Nichols are out. Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi are all out. They're all at 14 or 16 points, all those teams. And they are just barely out of contention. Uh, Shingo, Takagi, and El Terrible have 12. They're out. Fale and Chase Owens, 10 points. They're out. Tenzan and Kojima, 8 points. They're out. Makabe, Hanma, 6 points. They're out. Goto, Fredericks, 4 points. They're out. Tanahashi and Tanahari only won 2 matches. They only won 2 <laughs> matches. 4 points. They're out. And then, of course, Nagata and Nakanishi only won 1 match. They've got 2 points. So, in the like, who's the people who are still in this? Barely, barely mathematically in this. Toruyano and Colt Cabana hanging on mm. by the skin of their teeth with 16 points. They need all of the the three top teams that are still in this. They need all of those teams to lose everything. I let, let me. And I, they have to win out. Um, Do they have any matches left? What? Yeah, the three, see. everyone has, uh, everyone four, has, three, 12, everyone yeah, has yeah. three matches left. Three more, yeah, three yeah. more matches. Okay. So of those three matches, let me pull up my notes here because you know, you know me with this stuff. I get, I get all kinds of racketological. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're past that hot garbage that was Monday Night Raw. It's time for some some, <laughs> some, some New Japan bracket, bracketology. <laughs> like if the G one wasn't enough, you've got World Tag League, and then about in about three weeks, we're going to start doing this for Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, man. Okay. So the three top teams are, uh, understandably, Evil and Sonata with 22 points, Tamatanga and Tangaloa with 20 points, and Juice Robinson and David Finley. So for Toru Yano and Colt Cabana to win, they already hold a tiebreaker over Evil and Sonata. Evil and Sonata have to drop their last three matches. They hold a tiebreaker over Tamatanga and Tangaloa. They can win a match. If Tonga Tom- Tamatanga and Tangaloa lose two matches but win one, uh, Toriano and Colt Cabana win. Uh, Toriano and Colt Cabana, Colt Cabana have to win all three of theirs. That's what we're assuming. Um, Juice Robinson and David Finley have to lose all three because they hold the tiebreaker over Yano and Cabana. Um, so they can't even win one match. Otherwise, it would be a tie. So, Evil and Sonata, Tamatanga, Tangaloa, Juice Robinson, David Finley. Evil and Sonata have to face Robinson and Finley to win. But they also have Makabe and Hanma and Tenzin and Kojima who are pushovers. They should be going into the Robinson Finlay match with 26 points, which means that Robinson and Finlay would be going into that final match if they beat Suzuki and Archer and Kenta and Nakanishi, which is not guaranteed. That's, that's two tough teams. If they beat those two, they're going into the finals with 24 points and at best would tie Evil and Sonata, but by winning that match would have the tiebreaker. Right. So they could win it via tiebreaker on the last night. I just uh, don't see Evil and Sonata. Like, Robinson again, and Finlay, again. I can get behind. Makabe and Hanma is even a stretch, but I could see that one. I can't see them losing to Tenzin and Kojima. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> it's going to be Evil and Sonata. I mean, it, that's what it looks done. like right now, unless there's an upset on the final night and Juice Robinson and David Finlay take it. Because the, they're not doing anything else for Wrestle Kingdom, those two. Maybe yeah, they but find Ju- Robinson and Finlay have Elon Sonata, Suzuki, and Archer, and Kenta and Nakanashi. Yeah, so, yeah, Nakanishi. Yeah, they have, Nakanishi, they, have the toughest, yeah. they have the toughest final run. I mean, even Tamatanga and Tangaloa, the champs, have Ishii and Yoshihashi. That's their one tough match. Takagi and Terrible, because it's Shingo and he's a beast, like that that could be considered tough. Uh, but Nagata and Nakanishi are pushovers. Yeah. Uh, they've won one match. <laughs> so Tamatanga and Tangaloa have the easiest path here. 
Um, but if they lose to Ishii and Yoshi and end up with 24 points, right? So they go in the final night, lose to Ishii and Yoshi, and then uh, Juice Robinson and David Finley win that final match against Evil and Sonata, get 26 points, and the tiebreaker, there you go. That's yep. how Juice and David could pull it off, and that would be the most exciting story is Juice and David pulling it off. Uh, certainly more exciting than Evil and Sonata winning it again and facing Tamatanga Tangaloa again. That would be much less exciting. So, Which I think is exactly what we're going to get. Unless Tamatanga and Tangaloa went out and they win the whole thing and they get to pick their opponents. Who do you think they would pick if they got to pick their opponents? I mean, what's depressing is they might pick Evil and Sonata. Um, do you think they, they would they pick lost- the, the most difficult opponent? They they lost to him in this in the tag league. Like in this tag league, they lost to Evil and Sonata. Um, they also wow. lost to Yano and Cabana, and that's it. The only two matches they've lost are to Evil and Sonata and Yano and Cabana. Mm. So theoretically, if they if they run these last three, if they win these last three, um, those are the only two teams that they would say would should have a shot. But are they honorable enough to do to do it that way? I don't know if I trust Tamatanga to do it it's that not even way. It's about just, honor. It's just about you know, it's about saying like, we got to beat you. Like it's well, that's kind of what I mean. Like they could just very easily pick the shittiest team and g- retain their titles. That's not how you wrestling know? works, and you know it, Nick. They'd find some sort of logical <laughs> reason to say like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna kick your ass at Wrestle Kingdom. Or something All right. you know, All right. nothing to do with honor. Just saying like we're gonna prove we're a better team than you. So. So yeah, so it is madness over in New Japan. Bracketology, bracketology. That's gonna. That's uh, finishing up December eighth. We got three more matches between now and the eighth. Finals is the eighth. So it's going. It's going down then, Nick, and it's going to be exciting. Yes. I'm liking. I'm liking. This was actually a pretty fun, uh, pretty fun one. And, and Nick, I know you didn't watch a lot of them, but my God, dude, you got to watch some of those Yano and Cabana matches. I know Cabana. Oh, I your, intend to. Come on, man. Oh, I intend to for sure. Boom, boom. Got to do it, man. Pull off a miracle here with Toru Yano. While he's selling DVDs, you can just go win the whole thing. It's the biggest damn miracle possible if they pull that off. That might even top the miracle on ice uh, of the hockey uh, legend. Anyway. Random bull? Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you, sir. And dangerous that update on New Japan. But, guys, we're not done just yet. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, yeah. You know what had to happen. Ratings news. That's right. Last week, oh, AEW, yeah. got, AEW got crushed by NXT. Crushed. My goodness. Uh, NXT got a .24 with 810,000 viewers. But they only, again, a .24, 810,000 viewers. AEW won the demo, .26. Yep. But they only had 663,000. That's how many more plus 50s NXT is getting. NXT is getting watched by old people. So much so that they're crushing AEW by 200,000 people. You know what plus My 50s God. have that 18 to 45s do not? Uh, a lot of disposable meta- income. You know what meta- they do with that? They buy a lot of merch. Isn't that supposed to be the other way around? Is that the eighteen to four? Like that's why it's such a big demo. Is eighteen to forty nine is the one well, with the I mean, disposable income? Because you're not paying for a mortgage. You're not paying for the kids' you're college mid-30s, tuition. You know, I'm yeah. saying the young kids are the ones with the disposable income. Eh. I've got eh. I got bills to pay now. Back in my twenties, I didn't give a crap about no bills. Lights go off, fine. I'll sleep in the dark. It's all good. But you now I got to pay those bills. You don't sleep in the dark now. Well, I you didn't sleep have with a the lights on, don't you? You crazy? I didn't have my. I didn't have a choice. Is what I'm saying. Right. Yes, I, I, I sleep in a room like Abraham Castillo where it's always dark. 
My point being is that like you don't care in your 20s. Like you can throw your money away at this kind of stuff. That's why they shoot for that demographic. What? What? So no, tell me again. What do the plus 50s have that 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 NXT is going to want more? That's why that demographic is so strong. Besides yeah. great great pubic hairs, you know what I mean? Like they're they don't have the fact that NXT is crushing in them is insane, especially with no, in that huge of numbers. So um, I'm, in, I'm inclined to think that the newer generation of wrestling fans that are coming up are younger, and they're, they're, there's a with social media, there's a rise of more awareness of indie wrestling that's gone on over the last 10 or so years. So there's the people that have made the transition into AEW are more well-known people, even if they're only on social media, as opposed to the people that we've come to expect and know going through the WWE system, whether it's NXT or main roster, um, I feel like there might be more. Now, WWE is known for all of their social media stuff, sure, but at the same time, I feel like there might be that younger generation that's come up through somewhat of indie wrestling, a little bit more so than our generation did. I know, you know, until, other than Smoky Mountain Wrestling growing up and then Ohio Valley Wrestling in the early 2000s, um, that was really the only indie stuff I kept up with until the 2010s. And PWG and FCW and, you know, I guess CZW you could loosely throw in there too. But, yeah. So I, I, I'm wondering if it's just a new generation of fan that's coming up that's making up that larger demographic going to AEW instead of WWE. As, yeah. Shoot from the hip theory here, but that's that's where I'm at. It also could be, that, and, and actually Butters said this as I was about to say it uh, in the chat, uh, it was a holiday week. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we're, we're now, does that mean that the households where people were watching these shows – was like with all the kids going home to see their family, were they watching this at their family's house? Right? So then the demographic gets skewed there. It will be very curious to see what happens this week. If AEW rebounds significantly or uh, if there's some other skew that happens where it's it stays down and, a- and NXT stays up. Did so, Papaw Wednesday night fall asleep watching uh, you know, some disaster movie on USA that led into uh, <laughs> He had the itis. And Papa had too much turkey. Little kid sneak in there and changes 18 reruns back to AEW and NXT. <laughs> That's right. Suck on that gravy, oh. Papa. We're watching the graphs. So anyway, that is right. <laughs> ratings news for this week. Uh, you may have seen me post something about this in the Facebook discussion group. Please go join us there if you have not already. But Sandman, good old Sandman from ECW, Mr. Kendo Stick himself, the, the prototype for the Stone Cold Steve Austin character, uh, is apparently massively stuck in the past. He had the balls to walk right up to uh, a group of women backstage at WrestleCade, uh, women that included Tessa Blanchard, Jordan Grace, and essentially say, I don't know why you ladies are main eventing. Women shouldn't main event shows. It's not good for business. Um, you guys should know that and know your place, essentially. Suffice it to say, this didn't go over well with the immediate crowd around him, nor about those who heard about this afterwards. Jordan Grace tweeted out about it pretty quickly, was so upset she didn't even know what day it was, already thought it was December when she tweeted. Tessa Blanchard also did not like this and, in fact, cut a promo on Sandman at the beginning of said main event which was Taya Valkyrie versus Jordan Grace versus Rosemary versus Sue Young, who was standing in for Tessa Blanchard, who was apparently, according to the doctor, told to take a weekend off. 
But Tessa burned Sandman down in front of this audience and said, you know what? That old man can kiss my ass. You're getting a woman's main event, and we're going to tear the house down. And guess what? They tore the damn house down. That match was freaking amazing. That crowd was lit for it. You should definitely go check that out if you have not already. Sandman's been getting grief ever since. But he just went on the uh, the other show, which we shall not name because their name is too close to ours. But you may have actually searched for that show when you found us. Suffice it to say that it's it's run by Bully Ray, and it happens to be on Sirius, not on uh, not a, not a, actually a podcast. Yeah, uh, the way that we are. <clears throat> but uh, he was on that show today. Sandman was. And he doubled down on it. He didn't regret it at all. He was drunk at at nine in the morning or whatever time he was on the show, and said, "Yeah, that's true. They totally shouldn't." So. Good old Sandman. Never change, buddy. Never change. Uh, if there was ever a time for an okay boomer, that was it. <laughs> and I hope is, he got one from the ladies. Is Sandman a boomer? Uh, isn't he more like, he's like deep Gen X, isn't he? He's in his 50s at this point, isn't he? That's, but that's. Gotta be. That's Gotta Gen be. X. Nick, I hate to break it to you. That's Gen X, dude. That's deep Gen X. <sighs> Boomers, now they start at 60, I think. I don't know. I can't keep up anymore. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm Gen all right, X. Well, all all right, that's speaking, all I know. Speaking of, are you not like uh, Xennial or whatever the hell that new thing is? I guess that uh, now they've, de- they've defined the gray area as Xennial or Xennial or whatever. Who whatever. Knows? Jesus Christ. So dumb. I was born all in right. the 70s, damn it. <laughs> not 1992. When I was born, bell bottoms were fashionable and Skinner was still a great band. Star damn Wars it. was coming out and Elvis died taking a dump. Star Wars was still good. And Elvis would just died, supposedly, allegedly, although yeah, the king still right. lives on in all of us, mama. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I swear I didn't eat them peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> no, man. Uh. Greatest, greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Yes. Uh, also at WrestleCade, uh, Nick Aldis had a face-off with the great Muta and laid down the NWA title at his feet, which Muta Ooh. has held before, and he said, anytime, anywhere. Huh? <laughs> that's a good one i got very excited (laughs) yeah which means i hope that nick aldis retains his title at into the fire which is the the fire okay Ah. uh okay Uh, okay uh which (laughs) it's hard not to i admit it's hard not to it's hard not to that's such a great theme song uh it is two weeks until into the fire on december 14th the night before tlc and they've done way more build for that than they have for TLC. We know all the matches pretty much already. Yeah. We know that they're going to have Question Mark versus Trevor Murdoch. You're going to have Allison Kay and Ashley Vox facing off with Melina and either Thunder Rosa or Marty Bell. That ought to be good. Yet to be determined. Eli Drake will be facing off against Ken Anderson. Colt Cabana is facing off against To Be Announced. That's one we still don't know. That's for the national belt. We don't know yet because you know they've got to still figure that out. Uh, and then finally, Nick Aldis versus James Storm. Two out of three falls match for the heavyweight championship. The 10 pounds of gold on the line in a two mm. out of three falls match. Uh, I hope Aldis retains if only so he can face off against Great Muda because that's... Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's keeping it. I don't think James Storm is going to take that belt. Yeah. I, 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 I'd have to agree. I'm just curious how they get James Storm out of this. Uh, speaking of NWA, the replacement for Jim Cornette has been announced. Wade Barrett got some bad news for NWA. Uh, sorry, it's uh, Stu Bennett. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Stu Bennett. Thank you. <laughs> got some bad news for me. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, apparently coming fresh off of uh, Lucha Underground and uh, World of Sport, 
Looks like Stu Bennett will be your new announcer for NWA. Speaking of Jim Cornette, NWA put out a video on Twitter with the hashtag thank you Jim, thanking Jim for his time and support, which is really, you know, when you have to, like, let's, oh, sorry, he didn't get fired, he resigned. But when someone it let go from your show uh, under controversial reasons, uh, namely saying something that people took as racist, whether or not he actually intended it as being racist, it was more making fun of starving people, but okay. Um, as if that's any less offensive. Well, come on. It, if that's the it, best defense you can come up with, it's what it originally was. Like when he I understand that. Yeah. 80s, it was a starvation joke. It was about Ethiopia. Um, and he even just, tried to defend it by saying, even South Park did that with the whole starving Marvin thing. I'm like, that's South Park, dude. Yeah, They're known they also, for that walking that line, you know? They qualified the hell out of the whole thing. That's the nature of South Park is that they take their offensive stuff and then they give you other things on the side to explain to you, hey, we know it's offensive. We're trying to get under your skin. Get it? Whereas Cornette does not have that kind of subtlety or tact yeah. or intelligence at all. At least not in that aspect. But yeah, so they put out a hashtag thank you, Jim, video, which seems a little... Uh, basically, the the what I got from watching it was, we didn't want to fire you, Jim. It's all of these angry, offended internet people that are making us fire, like, get rid of you. We're sorry. Uh, so that, yeah, seemed a little tone deaf coming from NWA. I, I have no doubt they want to move on as soon as possible from the whole thing, regardless of where you come down on the whole issue. Have um, you sat through his episode where he explains how everything went down? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like Nothing's like minute by minute breakdown as if we're, you know, recapping the events as they unfolded of some major super tragedy of the world. Uh, yeah. You said some heinous shit, dude. That's all there is. It's kind of his thing, but at this, you know, and NWA should have known what they were getting, or they should have edited it out. The fact that it wasn't cut in the first place, and they admitted cutting some other stuff, was kind of indicative of other problems with NWA, um, which we've detailed here on the show. You know, like like retweeting white supremacist stuff. But um, that's neither here nor there. The bottom line is, yeah, Jim Cornette once again would not take responsibility for his own actions. Right. Uh, it's everyone else's fault. All those damn cosplay wrestlers, sons of bitches. Uh, let's see. Chris DeJoseph. Does that name ring a bell, Nick? Uh, yes, but uh, that's not his, the name we know him by. Uh, <laughs> what are you thinking? Where Big Dick it, Johnson? N- no. That's that was a funny was. t-shirt line in the 90s. Well, um, that, was, that, was his, uh, that was his nickname in WWE back uh, somewhere between 2004 and 2010 when he played the character on air. He was also a writer for WWE between 04 and 010 before going off to bigger pastures and was one of the founding members and executive producers of Lucha Underground. That's where actually, I know it from. Thank you. That's, we were actually in contact with him and his team when we were about to when we were trying to work on that show. Uh, he also spent some time writing for MLW. He is officially back with WWE as a writer. As Wait, I thought week. that was a whole big thing. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago with him going over to MLW, and we were all like, it big deal. Gosh, it's, it's the Lucha Underground guy. Keep an eye on MLW. Why is he coming to WWE? Don't know. Oh. WWE threw that they they waved that pocketbook in front of him and he said okay is how it seems to be although apparently he uh, everything's cool with him and MLW apparently they were aware he was in talks with WWE at the same time and WWE just made a better offer and he couldn't say no so Chris Joseph will be on his way back to WWE which I got my fingers crossed he had some good storylines in him so fingers crossed that we get some good stuff out of him 
Uh, Ring of Honor has blocked its own women's champ on Twitter. What? We've talked about all the stuff that's been going on over at Ring of Honor with uh, Joey Mercury leaving them and burning their house down on the way out on Twitter. And Kelly Klein tweeting support for Joey Mercury and saying, I want to see things get better at Ring of Honor. And then them immediately saying, you know what? Screw you, Kelly Klein. We're not renewing your contract, even though you're a woman's champ. She has since come out and said she wants, still wants to figure things out with Ring of Honor um, and is frustrated with how management's been over there. They have now blocked her. Meanwhile, a former Ring of Honor champ, Angelina Love, has come out and says that she's having a blast at Ring of Honor, doesn't know what the problem is, and thinks that Kelly Klein is bringing, quote, personal drama to work. So, Ring of Honor, still. I reached out to Kelly. Kelly, if you happen to hear this, we'd love to have you on the show. Hear hear what your side of this. Um, uh, This is getting a little bit out of hand, and the last company that needs this kind of shit right now is Ring of Honor. You know, we've talked endlessly about how Ring of Honor coming out of the the aughts, the 2000s, was at the top of the game. They were one of the best things going. And frankly, they gave us a lot of the people that we loved, have loved throughout the last decade, have come from Ring of Honor. You like Daniel Bryan? You like like Adam Cole? You like Adam Cole? You like Tommaso Ciampa? You like like Samoa Joe? You like uh, CM Punk? You like (laughs) Seth Rollins? Like, do you like everybody? They all went. They all Ring came of Honor. from Ring Everybody. of Honor. Everybody. Everybody. So tactics like this, underhanded shit like Sinclair. this. Like there's so much. Like no one who yeah. worked at Ring of Honor at that time, pretty much. Like it's like ninety percent different now. It's owned by Sinclair. There's all kinds of stuff going on there. It's, it makes it a different company. So it is, yeah. and it is, it is tragic to see uh, where and it's you, at. You see the dr- the door happening at Ring of Honor. The lack of people showing up. You see, you know, their pay per views are just basically empty and i just I, that's what i feel so bad about and then you have a you have two people that are known entities in the wrestling business one of them is your women's champion yeah saying some things about how they would like to make things better in ring of honor and they're blocking them safer for the wrestlers and just you know more forethought and everything like just care more about the people that you're employing it really is like it's it's surprising how Markedly, it has fallen since specifically getting acquired by Sinclair Broadcasting. Like it's wow. it's wild and getting some of the oversight from people from that company. So go watch crazy. the last week tonight episode with John Oliver on Sinclair Media Group. Oh and my I'll, God! I'll, yeah. I'll leave you with that one. Woo! Scary. That will tell you. Uh, in Broken Skull Sessions news, you know you you watched that one with Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Undertaker out of character. I did. Riveting for two hours. Yes, riveting. Never seen I, I, like was, I was just I was on the edge of my seat, like saying, mm-hmm. oh, "What is he going to tell me next that I remember from the '90s?" And just <gasps> and a new perspective that we've never heard before. We've never heard this guy's stories. Wild stuff. Guess who's even next? the biker taker stuff. After hearing some of the things that he had to say about that, come on, you have yeah. to admit that you you kind of went, oh, "Okay, yeah, I, I'm, I was all right with that. That was cool." No, I never liked. No, <laughs> I, I hated biker taker. <laughs> I hated Biker Taker. Ian doesn't like Biker Taker, guys. No, in case you didn't. Sorry, know. I don't. I don't like Kid Rock. I don't like Limp Bizkit. I don't like Biker Taker. So, sorry. Uh, but that being said, guess who's on next on Broken Skull Session? This is going to be weird. Stone Cold is going to go face to face with Goldberg. Goldberg. That's going to be some interesting stories. That's going to yes. be. Hmm. 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 Remember Are back in the day, do- we used to say like, it'd "Be so weird to have Stone Cold and Goldberg in the same room, facing each other with like their very similar." Yeah. Head structures and facial which hair. Which one's which? We don't know. 
<laughs> well, which one's One, hissing at you? Oh, that's Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, one significantly bigger. That's Goldberg. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's next. Next is going to be Goldberg after TLC on December fifteenth on the network. Goldberg Oof. on the Stone Cold session. So looking forward to that. Uh, AEW has finalized a deal to be on in demand quarterly until June twenty twenty one. That means we get a pay per view every quarter on in demand through June twenty twenty one. So at so least what until is then, in demand. What is that? That's the that's the pay per view group that they're going through. So it's not going to be Fight TV and Bleacher Report live anymore. Uh, apparently, I, I I don't actually have that article in front of me, unfortunately. So I cannot give you any more details than what I have here in the huh. notes. Um, uh, I hope that's part of the first step towards a uh, monthly subscription thing of some sort, because I think we've talked ad nauseum about sixty dollars pay per views. Death taxes. AEW wants to play. Nick wants AEW to have a monthly thing. They need to badly. Yeah, subscription service. They just don't have a tape library to put up there. Nick, that's the only problem. Like, what, what are they? dollars a year. I don't care. One hundred and twenty dollars a year or two hundred and forty dollars a year. But why are people gonna pay monthly for that when there's nothing on there? I'm saying okay, that's it's not gonna happen until they have a tape library. They're gonna have to buy someone's tape library or get something from somewhere. They, they don't have anything right now. It could it could happen any day. Uh, in an interview with Chris Van Chris Van Vliet, Moxley says he'll be wrestling with New Japan for the rest of his career. Now, not to mean that he's only going to be in New Japan, just right. that he wants to have that option for the rest of his career. He loves it so much. He loves the style. He loves the people over there. He loves working Japan. He is, has so much love for the history of Japanese wrestling too. Like, have you ever heard the guy interviewed about his favorite matches? Uh, the guy is a, an encyclopedia. He loves him some New Japan. And he says he wants to work with them as long as he's wrestling. So interesting stuff considering that he's only got a, uh, a contract with AEW for about another year. And then who knows. Um, in an, in the, Tommaso Ciampa says if he's ever called up to the main roster, he'll retire. Now, in context, I know just on the surface that sounds a little extreme. Like, oh, damn, he dissed his own company. In context, what he was saying was is that He's got his, his bump ticker is counting down. He can't keep up with the schedule that main roster would have him on the 250-plus days a year going out on the road, wrestling, and all the rest of it. NXT allows him to have a much nicer schedule, and his body can take that. He can have a longer career in NXT, more fruitful career, as opposed to WWE main roster where he thinks he'll have a much shorter career. And he says he would not be opposed to being a trainer or an agent or a booker or anything on the main roster should they call him up. But that's what he, they ever said. You're not NXT anymore. You're on the main roster. He would say, cool, I'm not wrestling. Have me backstage, but I'm not doing it. Yeah, the rigors of the main roster uh, travel and schedule and all of that stuff. Uh, we've talked about that, you know, how these, these uh, superstars are going through what they go through week to week to week to week. And when it gets international, it's even worse. So, yeah, I, I don't fault him one bit here. He's had... He's had one. We thought we didn't know we were going to get him back. The fact that he's still wrestling, I'm I'm impressed every day. Every time he climbs into the ring, I'm impressed because he had that neck injury, and I'm just I'm very I'm very happy to hear this. I want Tommaso Ciampa in NXT, and I think if they did call him up, and if you know two months from now or a month from now we got him at coming out as a surprise at Royal Rumble, I'd be go. Uh, I don't know if I want this or not. Do not yeah, want. I'm <laughs> no, if you see Tommaso Ciampa come out the Royal Rumble, that you should be you should be terrified. He might. Yes. Well, here's the thing: he could come out the Royal Rumble, 
do a cameo and then go back to NXT. So it might not be the end of the world. Let's yeah. not go crazy. Although yeah. I'm getting I'm getting yelled at by Esmeralda in the in the chat. American badass was awesome. How dare you? You can tell Taker was into it and enjoyed it. Therefore, I enjoyed it. Yes, he enjoyed it. I'm glad he had fun doing it. It's not my thing. Let's just call it what it really is: your hatred for Limp Biscuit and Kid Rock. That had a big part of it. That had a big part of it. Yeah, uh, I. What's funny is I don't actually like really, really hate Limp Biscuit. They just—it's like eye rolling to me. I genuinely do hate Kid Rock, though. That guy can kiss my entire ass. <laughs> my entire ass. And that's this is from personal history with the guy. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, so Kid Rock can kiss my ass. Yeah. But American, yeah, American badass Undertaker was like, yeah, he's that's who he is in real life. He's a biker in real life, like he's a big badass biker. All right, cool. You got to not dress up as you know the, the crazy undead guy for a few years, and then it was fun. And hey, cool, more power to him. I'm just glad he went back to the much cooler, much more iconic, much more legendary, much better gimmick in the end. That's all. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Big Cass was interviewed, and he said, remember that seizure he had at House of Hardcore? Yes. Everyone was freaking out about? Yes. Uh, they, well, he revealed what that was because of. We, people said epilepsy. They had no idea what it was. It was because the guy had gone 13 hours without a drink, and he was so <sighs> addicted to alcohol at the time that his body went into shock and had alcohol withdrawals. That's why he uh, had the seizure. My, that, oh, God, that was so weird of a thing to just go through. My initial reaction was to laugh and chuckle, but then I just got really sad all of a sudden. That's sad. That's yeah. That's really, really bad. Holy smokes, dude. Man, I, he has gotten help though since then. Right? He has. That's why he's in such better shape. Like he's gotten he's cleaned up a lot. He says he, at least he says he's gotten cleaned up a lot. Um he's also open to going back to WWE. He wants to prove to them uh that he's not the crazy guy he was. Uh, towards the end of his tenure there where he was just out of his mind. He was drinking most of the time. He'd clean up to go on the weekend shows and then come back and get messed up again. He was having all kinds of mental issues and, and you know, he, he admits openly that he just pissed his way out of the, the WWE. So he wants to go back. Well, good for him uh, for owning it. I'll give him credit there. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like he's, he's in a much better headspace, so more power to him. And finally, finally, today is the day... Six years ago, to the day that CM Punk crapped himself live on TV <laughs> in the middle of a match with That Gene was Ambrose. 2013, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Oh God. yes, he was on so many. Uh, he was on so many Z packs, so much antibiotics, uh, and so messed up that uh, he took a move from Dean Ambrose, crapped himself, and then later, while being pinned, left the stain on the mat. Uh, <laughs> and no one knew it happened at the time. But later he called it. He said that it had happened, and people were like, "It did." And they went back and looked for it, and they found it. So yeah, six years, and now CM Punk is back on backstage. That's that's how much time it took on this late to season of uh, of Ride Along. Hanson or um, Ivar also ah. admitted that he had a uh, <clears throat> an accident recently on the main roster. Well. Considering that guy does a whole bunch of like running back bumps into people, like running back yeah. splashes, that's, he's that's doing not... cartwheels and yeah, it could be flinging, flinging, flinging it, <laughs> flinging, flinging monkey poo out from along his leg yep. out into the audience. <laughs> you wouldn't want so that doing a tope suicida at you, would you? <laughs> oh god, tope tope con shido con shido. Yes, there you go. 
All right. Well, with that, Nick, that is the news. Oh, thank you, Surrey and Dangerous. And thank you guys for tuning in and hanging out in the chat. That is our show for tonight. Patrons, remember, look out for your notifications. We will be doing a bonus episode for November immediately after this, and we will be doing it live. So uh, hang tight. We'll get right back to you here shortly. But, guys, come over to Facebook. Join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Like our page over there. Uh, You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Make sure you sign up for our Discord community where we have live chats going all throughout the week and dedicated channels for every pay-per-view so that we can keep all the spoilers out of the Facebook group. So make sure you're in there. And uh, patrons, if you're signed up to be a patron, make sure you link your Patreon with your Discord. Uh, There's instructions on how to do that on Patreon's uh, help page. Basically, just go into your account, authenticate to Discord, and you get some special perks in our Discord for being one of Mm. our patrons. All right? Uh, you can also find us here on YouTube at youtube.com slash busted wide open. Uh, make sure you're subscribed and jingle the little notification bell so you get alerted anytime we go live or you put up new video content, which we're doing a lot more of uh, in the coming months and throughout 2020. You're going to see a lot more of that coming from us throughout next year. And last but certainly not least, the aforementioned patrons. Thank you guys so much for every, everything that you do, every dollar that you give to us every single month. It means the world, and it keeps this machine rocking and rolling all throughout the year. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Surrey and Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Surrey and Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.